CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Folks, we're teetering on what could be an economic meltdown, threatening to wash away our savings and retirement. Inflation has surged to levels unseen in 40 years. Gold is the smartest and most responsible investment you can make for you and your family in times like these. A safe haven asset that protects your purchasing power and your wallet from inflation. When it comes to protecting your IRA or 401k, trust only the best. My friends at Allegiance Gold. Allegiance Gold has earned the highest trust ratings in the precious metals industry and builds relationships based on integrity, expertise, and impeccable service. Get up to $5,000 in free silver on a qualifying purchase when you visit protectwithlou.com today or give them a call at 844-6484-LOU. Don't wait. Take control of your retirement today. Call 844-6484. 84LOU and speak with one of their experts. Time is of the essence. Protect your future with Allegiance Gold. Visit protectwithlou.com or call 844-648-4LOU. Hello everybody, I'm Lou Dobbs and welcome to the Great America show. Thanks for being with us. The Marxist Dems are throwing everything they can at President Trump, trying to prevent his re-election. From local Soros-sponsored prosecutors to special counsels, and in every case, there's also a radical Democrat presiding as judge, all to interfere with the Trump campaign that has President Trump 40 to 50 points ahead of his challengers. Again, the Marxist Dems doing everything they can to block Trump's return to the presidency, and to support President Biden in what looks to be an uphill battle for his re-election, even if he does win renomination. And a trial started this week in a Denver courtroom to keep President Trump off the ballot in the state of Colorado. The liberal watchdog group Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington filed that lawsuit on behalf of six Colorado residents to keep Trump off the 2024 ballot for his role on January 6th that under a 150-year-old Civil War provision of the 14th Amendment that bars people who engaged in insurrection or rebellion from holding office. That's right. It's a provision pertaining to the Civil War. This is only the latest effort by the Marxist Dems to stop Trump because they can't beat him at the polls. Take a listen to Melanie Sloan, She is the founding executive director of the organization running the whole scheme. She admitted on camera just a few months ago who is actually funding the operation. Guess who it is behind the effort? Who are some of the biggest donors you have? And is there a restriction on how much money they can give you? Um, we don't have any restriction, uh, but I would say our our biggest donors are, uh, for example, the um, uh, the Open Society Institute is a, a very big donor. That, and who's, whose organization is that? Well, it's an 
it's a foundation, but uh, it's well known to be uh, George Soros is the one who funds it. The Wallace Global Fund gives us money. Um, <clears throat> the ARCA Foundation gives us money. Those are some of the big foundations where we, Carnegie Corporation gives us money. You, you do see a thread through the different sides in this where a, a big donor like George Soros will give to an awful lot of progressive organizations. Does, it, does he ever ask for anything directly? No, he, and I have met him, and he's never asked for anything at all. And uh, I meet with the program officer from uh, from the Open Society Institute, and they're very happy with what we do, and uh, they're very uh, keen on transparency. We're part of their democracy program. You heard that right. None other than George Soros, the man behind the root of almost all evil in American politics and much of the evil in the world as well. A similar lawsuit was filed in New Hampshire earlier this year, by the way. But the judge dismissed the case, stating that the 14th Amendment claim is a, quote, non-justiciable political question, end quote. President Trump has never been convicted of insurrection. He was acquitted by the Senate of charges of engaging in insurrection. So the case is likely to end up on the Supreme Court docket, if not dismissed outright beforehand. Turning now to a truly corrupt president who is arguably guilty of treason, Puppet President Joe Biden, the National Archives locating 82,000 pages of emails that Joe Biden sent or received during his time as vice president on three private alias accounts. Those aliases, RobinWare466 at Gmail, JRBWare, gmail.com, and Robert L. Peters at PCIGov. The emails were located after a FOIA request from the nonprofit law firm Southeastern Legal Foundation. This latest FOIA makes Hillary Clinton's 55,000 pages and 30,000 emails, private emails, look like child's play. Clinton was ultimately cleared of any wrongdoing by the former FBI director, the corrupt James Comey. We'll see if Chris Wray gives Biden the same courtesy as President Trump gets the book thrown at him, and a lot of stuff that's not in the book. Turning now to the Israel-Hamas war, an Israeli government ministry has drafted a wartime proposal to transfer more than 2 million people from the Gaza Strip to Egypt's Sinai Peninsula. The head of the Palestinians said this is a red line and they will not support the transfer of any form to happen. This poses a big problem for the people of Gaza, Prime Minister Netanyahu seems to be only getting started on his ground assault in Gaza. He talked to the press yesterday. He said there will be no ceasefire whatsoever with Hamas. He said this is a war and Israel will win the war. He said if Israel were to give in, Hamas and the Iranian axis of evil would win. And if they win, the Israelis would be next. I want to make clear Israel's position regarding a ceasefire. Just as the United States would not agree to a ceasefire after the bombing of Pearl Harbor or after the terrorist attack of 9-11, Israel will not agree to a cessation of hostilities with Hamas after the horrific attacks of October 7th. Calls for a ceasefire are calls for Israel to surrender to Hamas, to surrender to terrorism, to surrender to barbarism. That will not happen. Ladies and gentlemen, the Bible says that there is a time for peace and a time for war. This is a time for war, a war for our common future. Today we draw a line 
between the forces of civilization and the forces of barbarism. It is a time for everyone to decide where they stand. Israel will stand against the forces of barbarism until victory. I hope and pray that civilized nations everywhere will back this fight. Because Israel's fight is your fight. Because if Hamas and Iran's axis of evil win, you will be their next target. That's why Israel's victory will be your victory. But make no mistake, regardless of who stands with Israel, Israel will fight until this battle is won. Godspeed to the great people of Israel and in the battle against evil. Evil must be defeated, whether in Gaza or here at home. Our guest today to take up all of this and more is Senior Fellow at the Heritage Institute, Mike Gonzalez. And Mike, it's great to have you with us. I have to say, I am just, I'm stunned at the level of radical activism that has put so many anti-Semites and pro-Palestinians in our streets protesting Israel. I never imagined we'd see this many in the streets and on college campuses. And let's not forget what they're defending. They're defending gang rape of women. The gang rape of Jewish women who were then mutilated, spat upon and paraded their bodies were, and, and, and the mass murder of, of hundreds, 1,400 Jews, the largest killing of Jews since the Holocaust. This is what the, the, the killing of babies. They put a baby in an oven and beat them. Uh, this is what this is what this, these defenders, these, these protesters are defending is this pure, unadulterated evil. And that is why most, most Americans are watching this and they, they have realized, the realization has dawned upon them that people who have been writing about this for, for years have been right, that we have hired, we have handed the keys to society to really bad people, to, to far left uh, doctrinaires who want to indoctrinate our children and have done a very good job of doing so. And now it's apparent, finally. It took a massacre in the Holy Land. It's, it is awful. It is, it's more than tragedy. It is, and it's appalling the way we have seen uh, these anti-Israeli forces, pro-Palestinian, if you will, uh, forces uh, manifest themselves. Suddenly it's a, it's a breakout of what, uh, we knew it was evil, what was happening with the, uh, the Black Lives Matter, the left-wing uh, radicalism uh, on our campuses and, and throughout our country, even now in our corporations, for crying out loud, is, uh, and, and our government. It is, it is a disturbing moment in our history because apparently uh, we have, as Henry Kissinger said a few weeks ago, we have underestimated the degree to which we made a mistake when we brought in all of these cultures, all of these antithetical uh, belief systems to our own. Uh, he was talking about Europe, but it applies as well here, doesn't it? Yeah, and that's a when you, so America has always, I've, I've studied this, America's uh, the demography has always churned, right? Uh, mm -hmm. in, the, in the 1850s, one quarter of New York City was born in Ireland. Um, the difference back then was that you had, for example, the common schools in, in the East, which then migrated uh, West after the, the war with Mexico in 1948 to, Amer to Americanize right. the immigrants, to, to assimilate them. To and by assimilation, we mean to teach them American norms to teach them American traditions, what is great about this country, and also where we have fallen short, 
how we reacted to falling short. Uh, and, and, and that is, of course, has been largely absent today because the left no longer wants to do that. The left was what they want to do is create grievances, have these groups seething with grievances. They do the opposite. Uh, in fact, uh, the, the Secretary of Education, Miguel Cardona, was tweeting yesterday about how awful he felt when he was a, a little boy in schools and the teachers called him Michael. Uh, and, and it's like, really, is this what you want to now emphasize? You're the Secretary of Education. You're using your platform to, to create grievances. So now the chickens are coming home to roost. And by the way, they, 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 they can no longer say that they're defending, that they're anti-Israel, not anti-Semitic. If you saw what they posted in Cornell uh, yesterday, it was it was vile anti-Jewish language, yeah. uh, not anti-Israel, anti-Jewish, the things they promised to do to Jewish women, to Jewish men. And with regards to Black Lives Matter, I wrote a book about it, BLM, The Making of a New Marxist Revolution, right. and I laid it all out. I said, these groups were founded by people who come out of the, the, bar, the, the, the vast far left international global network uh they, they 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 were recruited and trained and funded by people who who took part in in the weather on the ground a terrorist group as you know in the 1960s and 70s i laid it all out and the american media not only did they not do the due diligence in in vetting this is all public public uh, access public source information they go after people like me uh because uh, because we're doing the the the, 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 the vetting and the due diligence that the American media refused to do. So I, I, I really, Lou, I don't really see an, a, an alternative but for, co for Congress to investigate these groups. They caused between one and $2 billion in damage. They, they, they led to a huge spike in the murder rate uh, after 2020. They, uh, and, and we need to find out what their intentions were. Yeah, isn't it interesting that we have a Congress that has not taken on the the most uh, prominent issues, uh, dividing our society right now with its group and identity politics, whether it is uh, the uh, the phenomenon of Black Lives Matter. Uh, it's the, the and it is certainly part of what has become a fifth column in this country, attacking everything that is uh, that is American, our values, our beliefs, uh, systems, uh, you name it, our cultural norms, uh, as you put it. Uh, it is remarkable that Congress hasn't taken on these issues uh, in, in a meaningful way, that there is no public debate about these issues. People are hushed and they're sort of a coward uh, amongst themselves, various groups who are afraid to take on these issues that are affecting us uh, profoundly right now, our culture, our society. There's some bright lights, you know, Jim Banks of Indiana, has been good. Chip Roy of Texas, very good. Uh, there's a lot of congressmen that I just will not name, Republicans, who are, who are afraid. They're afraid yeah. to touch these things. They don't want to be called racist or whatever. And they, and they wouldn't be. And they, they're not being racist. This is this is colorblind pro-Americanism. Yeah. And, 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 and uh, look, the, the fact that BLM is coming out supporting defending these massacres should be clear enough to everybody. This is why I think the huge shock that we're having as a society repulsed by this, by, the, by these protests should serve a purpose. Let's think again about what we're doing to our students 
in the K through 12 system and in colleges and universities, are they being indoctrinated to hate America, to hate the West, to transform the country? We're talking with Mike Gonzalez. He's senior fellow at the Heritage Institute. We're talking about the issues that others are avoiding right now. Uh, and in particular, as Mike puts it, uh, too many people in Congress are, uh, let's put it straightforwardly, they're afraid to take up these issues at a time when this country really needs to be having an important national debate and dialogue about all of these issues that we're taking up here today, and especially the radicalism that's on our campuses, the uh, anti-Semitic stream that suddenly has uh, uh, surfaced in this country. Uh, We're talking with Mike Gonzalez. He's the author of BLM, The Making of a New Marxist Revolution. We're coming right back with Mike. Stay with us. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Talking with Mike Gonzalez of the Heritage Foundation. And Mike, I want to take up the United Nations has now called an emergency. They called an emergency uh, Security Council meeting to talk about a ceasefire uh, in uh, Gaza uh, between the Israelis and Hamas. Uh, Netanyahu immediately responded. What they're calling for is a, a, a surrender by Israel to Hamas, to terrorism. And he says... And I and I applaud him for immediately taking it on. Uh, it is not going to happen. The the ignorance uh, right now of the United Nations. It, it's a radical institution now. Uh, there's no uh, there's really no orthodoxy or shared values that sustains it. Uh, there is the relic the, uh, the of a of a past where people were concerned about. Uh, world peace. Uh, they shared a view toward uh, democracies, and now democracies are the enemy, and nothing could be more the enemy uh, than the United States. I think the United Nations is at best a gap fest that accomplishes nothing. Right. At worst, it is the, an incubator of, of, of evil regimes. It, it justifies their existence. It puts Cuba and Libya on the Human Rights Council. It, 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 it takes these votes uh, against Israel and for Cuba. Um, uh, it, it just and, and, and of course it's got its its uh, its its twenty thirty goals, which is a way to to really take governance from the people and give it to a technocratic uh, bureaucracy that is not elected and not accountable. Uh, you know, this that nation is really. I, I actually, I personally would love to see us get out. Uh, there's no reason for us to be there that we could start a, a 
set a group, a grouping of freedom-loving nations, of nations that are democratic, capitalist. Uh, but the, I don't, I don't see any good right now for us to be in the United Nations. Uh, having to listen to Antonio Guterres lecture us on climate change, on 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 on, on how to live our lives. Who gave him? Who voted for Antonio Guterres? I mean, he was prime minister of Portugal for a time. Maybe the good people of Portugal voted for him to be to be in the position he was. But who, who, why is he secretary general of the United Nations? And he is he is he runs so hot and cold on the issues of the day, the global issues of the day. You never know when he'll surface, but you always know that when he does, uh, he will be on the side of the of the Marxist left, a global. Uh, reality, unfortunately, and it's one that's uh, rising. BLM in itself is, uh, it seems to me, the, to me, the great mystery is that corporate America embraced uh, this radicalism, this Marxist radicalism that is BLM. Uh, we have, uh, whether it's uh, you know, the race, uh, critical race theory, whether it is uh, uh, DI, whatever it may be, uh, has now permeated the government, our universities, our colleges, uh, public education, in, in point of fact, in too many places, uh, K through 12. How are we to rationalize what has become of corporate America on these issues? Yeah, they, uh, so I'm at a conference in Bretton Woods, New Hampshire right now. We're talking about these issues. And uh, so to the, I have a book coming out uh, next year with Catherine Gorka. It's on next-gen Marxism. We explain what happened to the universities, how they were taken over in the 80s by the former 60s radicals. Right. And how they took over. They had the long march through the institutions. Critical race theory was created in 1989. These are all anti-profit Marxist, cultural Marxists, they, they dropped the worker. The worker was a really bad revolutionary. So they placed the locus of revolution on 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 race and on, 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 on immutable characteristics. Race is immutable. Country of origin is immutable. And get wait for it. Sex is immutable. Um, so the things that cannot be changed. Uh, ESG in corporate America it's harder to understand, right? You, we can understand, and I, my next book will really describe what happened with the universities and with other cultural institutions. With corporations, it is harder because in, in the S in ESG, ESG being environmental social governance, uh, the S and the E are both troublesome. Uh, the S is critical race theory. It's, it's just social justice, and that it, it and it is anti-profit. It is anti-growth. Uh, very dangerously so. Uh, it is anti-capitalism, and you wonder why corporations would embrace this. Uh, and the environmental, uh, it's just another um, another way to go at capitalism and, and, and curb growth. If you look at, for example, Eric Mann, the former terrorist, not former, you know, can you ever be a former terrorist? The, the former weatherman uh, who spent time in prison, and then he recruited Patrice Couleurs, that found one of the founders of Black Lives Matter. He trained her for 10 years. He gave an interview in 2015 to a Venezuelan television set station that that should tell you everything you want to know. Venezuelan, the great socialist paradise. And he said, look, whether it's sex, race, or climate, this is just a little division of labor that we have. What we want to do is destroy the white settler oppressive state that is the United States of America. And this is just a division of labor, whether we do it through climate, race, or sex, it doesn't matter. It's, it's what David Horowitz used to say, the issue is never the issue, the issue is the revolution. 
Why would corporations that are based on the profit motive want to embrace that is mind-boggling, Lou. It's, and I can't find a way to rationalize it, uh, except, uh, and particularly now, as you see corporations, uh, whether it's Target, whether it is Budweiser, you, you name the, the corporation that uh, either attempts it successfully or not, uh, they are trying to be at the forefront of radical ideology driving their message and values uh, and and with some considerable success. We're starting to see a, a backlash, but it's not anything. Uh, the backlash is not proportionate to the forces at work uh, to subvert this country. Well, I think the shock is now sitting in and I'm very hopeful that we can translate it into a policy agenda. Uh, we conservatives, uh, along with good old fashioned liberals, who may disagree with us, with you and me on taxes and government, but they draw a line at mass murder and gang rape. Right. Uh, they say, no, I didn't sign up for that. Um, so when the BLM defends that, they'll have to come to terms with what they're defending when they're defending BLM. Uh, this, this is a couple of plausible explanations for the corporations. One is that the kids who have left the Ivies and the, 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 the elite prestigious schools who have been force-fed and indoctrinated are now taking over the C-suites and then they're bringing their indoctrination in with them. And another is that they may think that they will benefit the, like Amazon and, 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 and uh, you know, Amazon and, and, and Apple and would really benefit from a big ginormous system of, of regulation because it raises the entry bar, the entry, um, the entry barriers for smaller corporations where they can afford compliance. Amazon and Apple uh, can afford compliance, whereas the little guy who wants to, to play in that field cannot afford compliance. And maybe they think the, 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 this huge uh, scheme of, uh, of regulations would benefit them and give them an advantage. Yeah, I, I think you're exactly right. And we're seeing a reversal of the labor arbitrage of the 80s and 90s, where jobs were being outsourced, particularly middle-class jobs, uh, to uh, cheap labor markets, uh, where they could produce goods, uh, and so we saw jobs outsourced and uh, and factories and plants uh, sent abroad rather than built here. So we saw the loss of, and it's one of the reasons that the middle-class wages in this country have been stagnant uh, for 30 years until Donald Trump, and it right. only that respite only lasted about. About four years, interestingly enough. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here, talking with Mike Gonzalez. He is senior fellow at the Heritage Foundation, uh, author and uh, journalist and, uh, and social critic, Broadleaf Society, and author of the book, BLM, The Making of a New Marxist Revolution. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, 
propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. So we're back now with Mike Gonzalez. And Mike, as all of this is coming together, we have a crisis at our southern border that has become a crisis throughout the nation. Uh, We have had an estimated, uh, but reported as a a real number by by certainly the uh, Customs and Border Patrol, 10 million illegal immigrants enter this country over the course uh, of time from the moment uh, Joe Biden uh, was inaugurated till now. Uh, One million, one million uh, a year. We know the real numbers are something, the the real numbers are somewhere, I think, north of 10 million to about 12 million. But the issue is this administration has turned over the control of our southern border without any reservation. I state this as fact to the Mexican drug cartels, and I mean on both sides of the border, the corruption is expanding and worsening by the day. Your thoughts about what in the world are we going to do as as we watch all of this conflated? Uh, we're watching uh, terrorists from Syria, from, uh, from Iran, uh, Gaza crossing that border uh, by the hundreds. Uh, we were, we're watching the drug cartels export their their fentanyl to the United States, and we have 100,000 lives lost a year due to the overdose of those opiates. Your thoughts about how it is we can't come to grips with the crisis that is absolutely tearing this country to pieces? That is another one that is really inexplicable. And, 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 and of all the gigantic failures of the Biden administration, uh, I mean, th- this one perhaps might be the biggest and, and most damaging. Uh, the fact that the, 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 the border, which Trump actually ha- had a good solution for, you know, we, 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 the border was not closed hermetically, but, but the, the, the problem had been greatly reduced. And because Trump did it, he, I guess Biden went in the other direction. I, you know, I'm not saying that's the only reason why they've done it. But look, uh, about three weeks ago, I sat in Guatemala City at the presidential palace with President Jamate, Alejandro Jamate, and he explained to me that he warned the Biden administration about this. He told them Venezuela is is gathering people from Africa, Asia, uh, and, and the Middle East, uh, uh, and the, the that that's the that's the, the meeting place, and then they send them to Panama where they start the journey. Uh, the Cubans and the Haitians apparently go through Nicaragua, another evil regime. And and Maduro, the president of Venezuela, is doing this to destabilize the United States. They're not sending good people. I was in Brownsville, Texas uh, earlier this spring, Lou. And I talked to a businessman who told me he had a, a Mexican-American businessman who told me he had just spoken to about 10 Russians the week before. And they had just come across the border. And they spoke very good Spanish because they have been stationed in Venezuela. Uh, so you can imagine the number of people we have let in. Why? Why? Why have Biden and Harris done this to us? We have, at the very least, 2% of the American population, that's a very large number, have come in illegally in the last two and a half years. Yeah. Uh, you have to think that we have many states, 
like Wyoming, Montana, where the population is half a million. So this is many times the population of, of many states that have come in. We don't know who's in. This is and this is human trafficking. This is this is narco trafficking. This is the worst of the worst. And it's being allowed on there. I know why for Pete's sakes, why? That's a question that I've been asking for some time, and, and you and I both share a, a history as we've tried to uh, chronicle what's going on and analyze what's going on and uh, try to bring that to the public's attention. I've never seen a, a more deafening silence on these issues than right now. And what I don't understand on top of that uh, incomprehension, I, I don't understand what the Republican Party has become because it's no longer the party of corporate America. It has Trump, uh, I think, reshaped the party to being a, a working man and woman's uh, a party, uh, a populist party. Uh, and so now we have a collision within the Republican Party of the populist uh, and the establishment uh, Republicans. Uh, we are looking at division in every no matter how what perspective you take. Uh, there's division and there's uh, there are confronting uh, countervailing uh, forces at work. Yeah, this is uh, part of the phenomenon to which I alluded to earlier. The left, uh, as it became culturally Marxist in the 60s, uh, gave up on the worker. They, the worker, they realized, did not want to revolutionize America. The worker wanted better working conditions. The worker wanted to, to, to have a, a, a maybe a nine-to-five a nine uh, working day, good, good, good conditions on the factory floor. But they were, no interest, they were not interested in overthrowing the American system. So the left abandoned the worker as a bad revolutionary. And since the left abandoned the worker, the worker finally realized, by the way, they, they said they were open about this. They, 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 the new left in the 60s were looking for a substitute proletariat. And, and Herbert a Marcuse, substitute for what? Proletariat. Oh, right. A substitute proletariat. The proletariat being the Marxist term for the working class, the proletarians. Uh, and and they, they were looking for a substitute proletariat. And Marcuse, Herbert Marcuse, one of the, the, the guru, the New York Times called him the guru of the new left. And I'm quoting him verbatim. These are his words on mine, saying he will be in the ghetto population. Right. He will be people of other races and other colors who will take up, who will take up the revolutionary cause. And, 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 and then they set about creating all these groups because they needed more groups. They create Hispanics in 1977 uh, through OMB, the policy director number 15. Uh, but, but this abandonment of the worker by the left means that the worker becomes homeless and he's looking for a political a party where, where that can can reflect his his desires and worries and 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 and, 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 and wants and, 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 and desires so the republican party is is being is benefiting from this and now it's going to have to have its its own internal uh, debate as to what kind of a party it wants to be well we've We've seen the uh, the Texas just won uh, a legal battle with the Biden administration, uh, being the Biden administration being uh, slapped so, back, and uh, the Supreme Court supporting uh, the state of Texas uh, in its fight against the barriers that the Biden administration uh, tore down that Texas had put up, and they had torn them down. Uh, this is an important battle to win. 
But unfortunately, there are two states along that border uh, that are wide open no matter what. Uh, they're not going to supply, you know, they're not in any way trying to make up for the, the wide open borders uh, made possible by the Biden administration because they won't step forward. But Texas and Arizona are resisting. And so that's important, at least there. It's But it's at best a half a solution. Uh, let, let me, as we're wrapping up here, let me ask you, how do we get from where we are to a far better place where we are the America uh, that uh, our founders uh, and our heritage, uh, you would think, would lead us? What is our what is our destiny now and how do we get to a brighter future for all Americans? Well, Milton Friedman said that the changing the climate of opinion was the most important thing. And I think that is happening right out right now. Right now, you and I are helping this by talking about these issues publicly. But I think you change the climate of opinion and you make it the, the right climate of opinion. And even the bad politician will do the right thing. If the climate of, of opinion is bad, then even the right politician is going to do the wrong thing. So I think that what is happening now, because we have we have hit bottom when you have students uh, spewing anti-Semitic stuff and demonstrating and defending mass murder, uh, I think enough people are going to say, who hired these professors? Why do we have DEI officers when this is what they do? And they're going to begin, begin to ask hard questions. And I think legislatures, state legislatures should get into the act. And I think it should, this should be part of the presidential debates. We have an, an election year coming up. In a few weeks, it begins. We need to, to have the candidates say, how do, we take the, how do we take the country back? How do we stop cultural suicide? Well, that's the question of our of our times, isn't it? Uh, I just really have enjoyed our conversation, Mike. We appreciate you being with us. I look forward to our next conversation, which uh, I, I would like that to be very soon. Oh, uh, I'd love to. Thanks, Lou. Thanks, everybody, for being with us today. Our guest here tomorrow on The Great America Show is Colonel Doug McGregor. You don't want to miss his analysis of the Israeli-Hamas war and what is the potential for a widening war. Please join us for that and more tomorrow. Join us each and every day. Thanks everybody for being with us. God bless you and may God bless America.